Another dumb podcast. No, I like it because it's not dumb. Pod, it's called Another Dumb Podcast. That makes sense. So you could have just said, I'm doing another dumb podcast. I'm talking to Brad, Jacob, and Dustin. We're having a great time. Welcome to another dumb podcast. These guys are idiots. And welcome to another dumb podcast. I am Brad C. That is my squeaky chair, which you're going to hear, I guess, all night tonight. I'm not sure. Well, whenever you're actually listening to this podcast, uh, yeah, apparently this chair at the uh, hotel is pretty squeaky. Well, I uh, just wanted to give you a quick uh, little update. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's been damn near. A, it's been a month since we put an episode out. Um, been a busy week and a busy month and everyone's been kind of tied up as it as it were. But uh, yeah, we should be able to uh, maybe get back onto, well, we're actually, actually probably gonna maybe skip next week. It's just depending on you know holiday schedules and stuff like that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, tonight, the episode involves me and Jay. Uh, I don't, I don't have the time, uh, I'll try to put the time stamps in there. So like, if you're like, I don't really want to hear Beatles talk, then you can move on to the Rangers talk and you can move on to the Dallas, the, the Cowboys talk. And then all the way, well, I always put the wrestling at the end. So if you don't want to listen to wrestling, it's not that big of a deal. Me and Jay talk about that at the end. So this was a fun one. Uh, for some people that are not, you know, like, how did you get Jay on this podcast? I don't really even remember, honestly. I think we were, I knew Jay was on another podcast, so then he wasn't doing that podcast very much, and I was like, hey, do you want to kind of, you know, come in on this one, and he he obliged, I uh, I enjoyed having him in, he's funny, so uh, always great to have Jay in, uh, probably one of the only guys I can really talk wrestling with, and also we talk sports, and you know, we talked about the Beatles, and I wanted to talk about a couple things that I, I kind of missed with the Beatles talk. You know, what's funny about this Beatles thing is uh, my brother was playing some videos and up popped in the roof um, whenever they were playing on the roof, and I was sitting there going, why did they play on the roof? What was the point of that? And I didn't really talk about it in the podcast, but uh, the reason why they actually were up on the roof was because they were recording the album. They wanted to have an open air, open sound. It's really just like the outside of the box type things. They recorded everything as a whole. They didn't dub in anything. Like if you messed up your lyrics, you know, they would either go try it again or, uh, you know, basically whatever they recorded is what they recorded. It wasn't, you know, like how it is nowadays. You know, you mess up a little bit on the guitar. Oh, we'll just dub that out and and fill it in, you know, on the post. No, everything that they recorded was as is. Um, so that's what makes it kind of interesting about the whole thing. Um, another part um, I wanted to bring up, and you know, and it was pretty cool, you know, with the police and all that. That were, it's a funny episode that thir- that 
the third episode is basically all on the roof. They do. I don't think they even cut anything out of that. That every part of the roof is on that documentary. So it's really interesting. Go watch it. But listen to this podcast first, and you can kind of. I don't really. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really ruin anything for you. But you know, I'm just kind of giving you a preview. Like even if you don't even really like the Beatles, it's still interesting. You know. You know. I just. You know, we discussed in the podcast about the Wilco and, and Metallica uh, documentaries of them recording an album. It's still interesting. You don't, you don't have to be a fan of them to want to watch somebody be creative. So um, there was another part on this I wanted to talk about. Uh, funny part about this guy named Mal. You'll see him in the uh, in the documentary. He's like the road manager. Um. And he actually, um, here's a story I wanted to I wanted to get back with you. Mal Evans, that's his name. Uh, he died actually, I believe. So this was 1969. He died uh, in 1979. Let me read this report uh, because his death is actually really weird. Uh, in the in the in the documentary, you see Mal. He's obviously kind of a weird-looking kind of guy. So here's a he apparently had some medical, uh, not a medical, but like a mental breakdown of some sort. But he was out in L.A. He uh, he was fighting with this other guy. Uh, I don't know exactly who. John Horney. I don't know what, but he basically got in a f- fight with one of his mates. He was on some drugs of some sort and having a mental thing. Uh, the police were called, got to his house. Four police arrived, Four police officers arrived. Three of them, I'm not going to read their names, but went up to the bedroom. Went to the bedroom. They literally reported that as soon as Evans saw the three police officers, he pointed the rifle. So he had a rifle. It was just an air rifle, but they didn't know. They were like, oh, God, this guy's... Sh- pointing a gun at us they later reported that as soon as okay the the, the officers repeatedly told evans to put down the weapon but evans re- refused the police fired six shots for hitting evans and killing him uh and this happened in 1976 so just saying uh funny story was also that he had uh previously been awarded the badge of honorary sheriff of la county which then he was later um killed by them so yeah pretty uh sad crazy story but you know all those little things i, I could have talked about the beatles for like another hour but i i kind of was like yeah you know i hit 40 minutes on it i think i was good <laughs> so uh definitely go watch that listen to the podcast uh follow jay at jay cranfield follow me at i am brad c on twitter um more things up on the docket. I'm sorry. It's just kind of been a crazy time of the year um, schedule-wise and everything. But maybe we'll put a few more. I'm still recording a lot more than, you know, uh, Can You Hear Me Now? And uh, that other podcast, uh, Tell Me Where to Turn. So I think I'm doing pretty good. So without any further ado, uh, here is the episode. See you.
I was a pretty uneducated Beatles person until recently. And did you watch all eight hours? You want to hear something crazy? Uh oh, you watched it twice. I watched it twice. <laughs> you did. <laughs> wow. I have to tell you why. What? Why would you watch the Beatles thing twice? Like, and it wasn't like intently watching. Like I watched it like uh like the Rangers in uh, the summertime or something like that. Okay. Just where it's like in the background and you're like doing something else and you'll like pick up on like, you know, John and Paul arguing about something or, or mostly, mostly actually like Paul and uh, George arguing over something. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I would not say I was the biggest Beatles fan at all. And that was actually impromptu. That I was, I was just testing out to see if the video was working, whatever. And uh, uh, okay, <laughs> you just popped in. See, so uh, I would have no idea like what the dynamics were within the within the group. Oh, I know like who. Yeah, who yeah. would argue with who or anything like that going in? And I mean, you've given me some information now. But if I started that, uh, you know, those eight hours on Disney Plus, like I would have no idea what to expect. As far as like who, who generates conflict and anything, it would it would all be new to me. It'd be like watching just a a brand new movie or miniseries that's been written. I, and I think that's the way you should like approach it at that point. Like it is like uh, I I again not actually kind of like kind of admit I think I was actually a bigger like Rolling Stones fan, which is like, kind of ridiculous, like. Obviously, the Beatles. Yeah. I, I really like the Rolling Stones, but at the end of the day, it's like the Beatles are obviously 
the pioneers of everything. Like everything you listen to now or not everything. I'm just saying there's a lot of things that were picked off of what the Beatles started. And yeah. and it's just like there's, there's influences. There's for ton- sure. Yeah, there's just tons of things that you're like, oh, the the Beatles did that first. Like those are the type of things. But they also I think they also benefit from the fact that what they have three albums, four albums, and and they basically died young, so they weren't overexposed, and they never had the album of I wish they wouldn't have put that out. They they didn't, oh, they didn't live okay. long enough to have that material. But I think that's I think that was actually by design, though. I mean, this. Well, okay, let not me, the whole not the whole John Lennon death part. No, the, no, they did not kill john lennon let me get that out there right now i don't think that that happened <laughs> at least i'm not sure no, no. Well, it was mark david chapman's work so when did, when did i watch this I, I think i watched this three weeks ago like oh man welcome back to the show it we was, haven't we haven't done a we haven't done a show in over a month and i was i've been i just kind of dying to talk about this for a while because it was it changed my whole outlook on a lot of things I thought about the Beatles or you know what have you, um, because you could think of like George Harrison was like that. He was like, I have no desire to keep doing the same old shit. He he just he was like awfully bored with a lot of this. So let me give you the mm-hmm. let me give you like the what I thought of each Beatle and what I think their characteristics are of like who they are. Cause I, I I'm telling you going in, you know, like, you know, Paul McCartney and you know, Ringo Starr. Cause he's just, these guys are the ones who are kind of out in front in your life. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're still, they're, al- they're on top of the earth right now. Yeah. They, they're still alive, <laughs> but um, you can kind of get a, but really, like, John Lennon, I kind of thought I knew. But then, like, George Harrison, like, nobody knows anything about him, it seems like. Like, he's always kind of like the forget- the forgotten Beatle. So, Paul McCartney, the consummate professional of the group. Like, you can tell from the start, he is the guy who's leading this group. He's He's pushing whatever they're doing. He's pushing it forward. Okay, like I'm not sure if he actually, though I will say like he's like the most ass whooped of the band too, because he's always obviously having to try to keep the Beatles together, and he's like this is just this is so bloody hard, mate. And like, <laughs> so how how old were they when they? Uh, I mean, it's just with the with this documentary. What's their age? That's even know? the crazy. Yes, I do. Uh, cause I was kind of like, ah, how old? I mean, you're thinking watching it cause you, you, you know, I don't, I don't, I remember listening to like the music. They're like, oh, you know, we idolize them. I'm like my generation, the generation, I mean, even your generation, we don't really idolize the Beatles. We think, yeah, they, you know, they obviously accomplished, accomplished a lot, but like you're watching this and you're thinking, oh, these guys are like thirties maybe, or maybe even the forties cause they're just kind of mature in the way that they're doing the music but they're no one is of uh john lynn is the oldest one in this group at this time and he is 29 years old right 
uh, everybody looked older back then. Yeah, all the, uh, oh, so much all the smoking. <laughs> so much smoking. <laughs> it was just smoking and beards. Have you heard about that? Uh, you know, before each episode. I mean, I know there's only three, but you know, they go. Well, beware! There's, uh, you know, language, uh, whatever, and smoking. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on like, Disney. And it, I always find it, fun. you know, they might have a point because I think after a while, I was like, man, I could sure use a pack of cigarettes right now after all this. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, they're total professionals, and you know, George Harrison, the youngest one's twenty six. You think about what you were doing when you were twenty six, twenty nine. You were in a con- you know, these guys were already accomplished millionaires doing whatever they wanted. And, you know, I don't know. I found that fascinating. Um, so let me go down in the line also. So Ringo Starr. Not, I, I could tell you right now, I was not, before this documentary I watched, I was not a huge fan of Ringo. I always thought he was kind of a joke. And actually kind of looking at some old... Not old document, uh, old interviews. I mean, old being like the eighties, nineties. Like he's always in my mind, always just been kind of a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's obviously easily replaceable. The most, yeah, the least replaceable, the most, just like least talented. I'd say, which is easy to do. That's the guys are all talented. But being the fourth Beatles, still being really, really fucking good. So my come away with it is Ringo might be my favorite Beatle. As like a per- just a person? Yeah, I think as a person. Personality? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, like, everyone's being a little kind of like little bitches throughout the whole time. Like, they're all like, well, I don't want to, you know, like, the- and then Ringo's just like, what do you want to play? Like he just he just doesn't care. Like I'll play it. You want it like just this? Just going along. It's just going, going along. He's happy. The whole thing is actually centered around this, the fact that like he's recording this, uh, or he's they're going to be making a movie at the end of this month. So it's January uh, uh, nineteen sixty nine. They're going to be recording. Uh, they're going to be filming a movie. Uh, I think it's Peter Sellers. Is that ring a bell? One of those old yeah, actors. That's, that's definitely a guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's one Pink of those old. Panther. A- yeah, Pink Panther. Yeah, he's doing a movie with Peter Sellers, which again, never saw that. And I looked it up. I don't think that's a very good movie. No, I'm out. Yeah, it's not good. So, um, but they were gonna actually they were trying to record on that set for a little bit, and they eventually like scrapped it because they were like, "This place sucks. Let's go to our recording studio that we have." <laughs> legitimately what happened. Um. <laughs> Uh, so going on, yeah, I came away with it loving Ringo at the end of this. I didn't think that would happen. I mean, the funniest guy in the entire group, the guy who was just happy to be there. Like, you want to be on the, we want to keep doing the Beatles? Let's do the Beatles. We don't? Okay. I'll do something else. I'll make this crappy movie with Peter Sellers. Um, so what about George? George. George is actually the one that I came away with. I, uh, George might be my second favorite Beatle. So is he the kind that not much personality, didn't want the attention, but he's a brilliant musician? Okay. The personality thing, I think, may be a little underrated. Like, he's just a quiet little Brit, you know? But I've actually, 
back in the catalog and like looked up old interviews with George Harrison when he was a little older. I just watched him with Dick uh, Dick Cavett. You know those old interview shows. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, they still have those. They're called talk shows. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Do they? I don't, I've never seen one in the last 10 years. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're still on. Well, he was on Dick Cav, and I've seen some other ones. Like, the guy's has a very good personality. He's just not, like, he's just a very kind of private guy, you know? It, it, and that's all I got from him. He's just a really private guy. He's not, he's... He obviously got kind of wackadoo whenever they went to like India, and that is also a big theme of this mo- this sh- movie. Is that they went to India? Uh, and again, another part that maybe like laugh out loud, or they were like, "Oh my god, I wish I could pull this up. I might be able to." Um, but is it, is it like the culture shock of them showing up in India? Well, it's just like everyone came across. Uh, did the whole India thing and everyone like all had their different thing about it. Like, you know, you kind of got to like about like uh, Ringo. They're like, so what did you think of India? And he's like, mm, yeah, it's not that great. I don't think I'd go again. <laughs> Just like, I'm not going to lie. It kind of fucking sucked. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not really for me. No big deal. Where like George, like, if you know anything about George, George really got into, like, the uh, Harry Krishna kind of, like, spiritual thing of, of okay of all that. So, I think that's always been kind of his identity. And, like, I think that changed his life, and truthfully. And Interesting. He, and he kind of was like, you know what? Um, and actually, I looked this up because, you know... I think the part where George was being more frustrated and, and you have to look, you know, everyone brings up Yoko Ono and all that other shit of her breaking up the band. Well, I'm going to break the news to you. I think George Harrison broke the band up. Ooh. Yeah. He's George new enemy number one. I wouldn't say, again, I don't think it should be in his, like, I think they were all kind of done with it, but George was really, like, the whole thing with his, and I heard the history of this, and it was actually some interviews that I saw with Paul. I've really, I really delved deep. I've had some time on my hands lately. <laughs> but uh, jo- uh, Paul and John Lennon used to write all the songs. That's how it always was. They would write all the songs. Everything would go through George and John. Okay. And then after a while, uh, did I say George? I've been. Paul and Paul and John. Did I say Paul and John? Paul and John. Paul and John. Paul and John, Paul and John were the original <laughs> songwriters. And George had no desire. You know, he was like the youngest guy. He's like, I don't know. I just want to play. And after a while, he's like, you know what? I can actually write songs and I can do all this. And he started writing songs too, but trying to go up against John and Paul for so long, he's just like, listen, I want to write my own songs. And he may get like a song or two in the albums where he's like, I've got all these other songs just lined up, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I think he got really frustrated and he's just like, I don't know. I just, I even said it in uh, another interview I, I watched where he's just like, you know, just honestly, it would have taken me like a hundred Beatles albums to get all the stuff out that I wanted. So it just was best for me to like, man, yeah, I'm just going to do my own thing. So that's, 
that's what it was. I, I again, I came away with it. Um, I mean, I didn't really have a you know preconceived notion about George. I I came about with it like liking him a lot, a lot more than I thought. I was I, I don't know what it was. I just something right. about him was just you're kind of like, huh? He's interesting. Uh, All right. Well, tell us how you hated John. Yeah, I want to say about. So you know my dad. Oh, oops. Uh, my dad actually. I don't know your dad. No. Well. He doesn't watch football. I know that. He does now. Oh, he does. Yes, he does. He does watch football now. He's he's, he's back. back. He's back. <laughs> he can only hold out for so long. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he's watching football again, but he also watched this. Okay. And I was really interested in how he was going to like this because he's hates Yoko. And I, he, I, I mean, it's been in my life for as long as I can remember. It was like Yoko's reason broke up the band, all this sort of stuff. So you like instantly in the, sh- in, I mean, they start kind of jamming, like it's even before Paul even shows up on set and just it's, it's Ringo playing the drums, George George, John comes in, and Yoko sits right next to him the entire time. And it's aggravating. But she's just sitting there. She is just sitting. I know a lot of people she's just but, sitting there. But it's but, but it's just it. it's just it. the it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, she, why are you there? She yeah. just it's she is offering up nothing. She doesn't say anything. And again, I didn't come away with it hating Yoko. I, after a while, you're just like, nah, Yoko's there. You know, after, but I'd tell you at first, you're just like, oh my God, Yoko, just go away in the corner. Like, leave John alone. Why are you so needy? You know, it, it comes off like a, ne- oh my Lord. It comes off like a needy girlfriend. I'm watching football right now too. That's yeah, pretty so shocking. It's pretty that shocking. Was insane what that, I just saw. That was a good throw. Not a lot of people make that throw. No, not a lot of people run that fast either. Well, that's true. This is live sports updates. Yep, yep. This is kind of like the Mannings, but they talk, uh, you know, the Beatles. Kyler Murray is really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. That was awesome. Okay, anyway, Yoko Ono, she's still alive, right? Yeah, she is, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got to be... She's got to be 80s. Close to 80 or No, in well in her 80s. Well, okay. Yeah, because that was 50-something years ago. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's 80 plus. 80 plus. Uh, 88 years old. Yeah, yeah. 88? <laughs> she's almost 90. Good Lord. You want to see it, uh, another weird photo? I don't know if you've seen photos of John Lennon. No. I'm sure you understand what he looks like. I was kind of uh, right. Right now, I don't know, but in well, pre nineteen eighties, God, I missed you so much, Jay. And you're uh, <laughs> no, there's pictures of uh, Sean Lennon, and it's like freaky of what he looks like. Like he literally just looks so, like a. He just looks like a. I mean, he just looks like John Lennon. Really, I was gonna say like an Asian yes. John Lennon, but I mean, really, it doesn't show through. So there's Sean and there's Julian, I think. I think that's his other kid. Oh, yeah. Because one of them has, um, I can't remember which one it is. One of them has contributed on some like metal albums I've listened to before. Oh, really? They've been a part. I'm trying to think of which one it was, though. Uh, it doesn't matter. 
because I don't, I can't remember. But it was one of it was one or the other, and I think they both had pretty failed uh, musical careers. Tough field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I digress. John John Lennon. Uh, no, I, I didn't have any. You know, I always thought like John Lennon was um, a little more of a artsy guy. I was always see those little things with like Yoko Ono and all the weird shit that they did. But I thought he was like really artsy and maybe a little serious. In the in the movie, uh, which again uh, I'd heard some other things that this was during uh, John Lennon's heroin days, <laughs> so it makes it even yeah. fun. It makes it a little more interesting. But John Lennon's like the goofiest guy in there, very very goofy, and uh, not difficult at all. He there are times that I think they had a few little disarmament, but he just went along with whatever you know. Paul wanted to do like he was like oh, okay we'll do that um, okay. but just wildly talented I mean you could just tell like and effortlessly you know yeah it, it's it kind of makes you a little sick just how effortless <laughs> like if the guy actually was like you know put a little effort into it he you know right it just comes naturally he never had to practice he just walked out on the field and immediately was the best player on the team it's kind of weird isn't it no, there's okay. I don't know. I don't know what it would feel like to have talent. It must be <laughs> must be a good feeling. Anybody who's listening to this podcast for more than two minutes knows that. But yes, <laughs> yeah. We get it. I want to play this scene. It's probably like I think the funniest part of the scene. So, or, or this entire documentary. So, on the first step for the first episode, and it, and it, you, you like forget how long this shit is. Again, it's eight hours. Of, of a documentary, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into, and I just turned it on. And I'm like, man, this is still going. Like, I thought this was going to be kind of like thirty minutes or something, or an hour, and it's like, oh no, this first episode's two hours and fifty something odd minutes, and you're like, how the hell am I going to sit through this? Well, if it's interesting though, we'll keep your attention. I mean, I don't fault you because I. I'm sure I've seen the Metallica. You've seen? Have you ever seen the Some Kind of Monster? Mm-hmm. That's like three hours long. There's no question. I've seen that ten times in my life. But isn't that? I mean, even as I mean, I'm gonna say I'm not a Metallica fan, but I'm also I'm not a huge fan. But and I can't actually say that I've seen that one. I maybe I've seen like cuts of that. But I'm thinking of like, um, God, what are those goofy? Um, I'm trying to think of that other band. Uh, they're kind of like an alternative. Uh, the, f- <laughs> the, the Foo Fighters. Wilco. Oh, okay. Uh, Jam band. Have you? Yeah. Aren't they kind of like alternative though? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know less about them than I do the Beatles. There is a very good min- a documentary about Wilco making an album, and it kind kind of actually like I took a lot of it from that movie into this movie oh my god who was that wow uh james connor he first he defeated cancer and now he <laughs> oh just defeated l- the rams defense lord i'm sorry i've got really i've not, I've not been distracted by football in a long time but oh i thought that was kyler first and i'm like 
what the hell? No. He looks a lot taller. <laughs> and he James just rolls. He's much James bigger. Is the, Ro- the Roman Reigns of the NFL. He just ran right through those guys. That was incredible. Um, so again, uh, I- I'm interested in whatever these like musical documentaries and stuff like that because just watching like an unfinished product. It's almost like what. Uh, um, so you've uh, like seen stand up comedy before have you sure. seen it live or whatever you or you've seen uh, a you've seen a special um absolutely all those things all those things um i've actually gone out to la before and gone to the comedy store and watched uh you know like they'll at the comedy store they'll do like 15 minutes of just like a bit or whatever and then move on to the next co- uh comic but you're watching like a a comic work something out i've watched bill burr do a bit or whatever and i'm like that's really funny and then maybe later on that year or however long he holds on to it and he'll do a special and i'll see that same bit but it'll be completely different so you're like mm-hmm. watching like a, a a creative process before yeah, your that's eyes. what's that's what's fascinating in those yeah. musical documentaries it's not necessarily obviously if it's a band you're interested in that's an extra draw but just the just the way that you know four or five people just sit down in a room and just start with i don't know they've got ideas or ideas in their heads and yeah and they're just dicking around on the guitar and they end up making like a hit record and it's so fascinating i think uh with uh slash with guns and roses i think the main riff for sweet child of mine was a bit like it was a joke Mm-hmm. They were just goofing around, and he was playing something that was intentionally stupid, trying to be funny, mm-hmm. and then they turned it into arguably their most popular song <laughs> that they had. Oh, I think the Eagles but had that, one like that. Where one but that g- process is that process is fascinating. Like uh, that riff for "Life in the Fast Lane" with the Eagles, like that was uh, what's that name? Joe Walsh just messing around yeah. doing a warm up, and and Don and Glenn are like, "What the fuck was that?" He goes, oh, "I'm just." Sticking around. Yeah. He's like, uh, play that one more time. And they did that. You know, it, it's it's funny to see those type of things. And that is what this Beatles documentary is because you're hearing these baby songs. Like, I call it that because it's like these, these songs are not ready to go. They're not the songs that we had heard on the radio. These are songs that are being worked out. Like, they're, they're kind of shitty at the beginning of it. And it's kind of cool. Like watching them go, well, that okay, that sounded good, but yeah, there's something uh, missing there, and it's kind of cool to see that process go there. Well, for I don't want to say any band, but you know, major, you know, very popular bands. If you you just search, you can find demos of all their, you know, most popular songs. You can track that down in this day and age, and is yeah, I mean they're they're not fully worked through, and you can find the demo for whatever uh you know top track that they have and it's cool to see like oh here's the original version here's what they changed here's a version that doesn't really have lyrics they just kind of fill in with like just filler vocals that's another part that i didn't just kind of that's another part i didn't truly realize like whenever you're writing a song you're just kind of like you have like a where he's like doing the get back he goes get back 
Like he's 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 got the melody up in his head and he's going. But you don't have the words. Yeah, you have you no words. Exactly, yeah. And you're just like, I think the song, the lyrics will will rattle off like. Like, I don't know. I I, I find that fascinating. That that's that's the way you write a song. I, I guess. No one really tells you how to write a song. Um. But, uh, well, no, it's a creative process, yeah. but but I think it's done both ways too. I think it. I think I feel like, and I know nothing about music, so it's a very informed opinion. But I feel like <laughs> it's more we write the musical part of it, and then the lyrics are the secondary. But I think there's also an approach where someone just writes the lyrics, and then they just fit it to a song. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I've got this. I got this concept, I, I, and I had this. Yeah. Can we make it up to th- this l- find something there? L- long form poem or sonnet, <laughs> and we're gonna f- we're gonna fit it to the music. Yeah, no, I and I I find it incredibly fat. I it's it was mind blowing to watch. I mean, again, you're watching. You know, I watched that Wilco. I mean, Wilco. I don't know. Say what you will about them. I think some of them songs are fine. Some of them I think kind of suck, but. <laughs> It's still a fascinating documentary because you're watching, because you're watching their version of Paul and John, like working and uh, being uh, creative, and then, but uh, their version of Paul tells John to go fuck off, and basically fires him during the thing. Like it's hilarious, <laughs> and also like you you like there's something different about. Uh, like again, a singles artist and then a band and whatever, whenever you're making, whenever you're a single artist, you're making the music that you want to make. Okay. You're, you're making every word in there is the way you want it to have it. When you're a band well, and when you're a band, you have to sit there and write a song, but then some guy goes, ah, I, I think it should be like da 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 da. And he goes, ah, I don't know. I think it should be da 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 do do. And it's like, you're having these little compromises and they were doing that in the Beatles at times, but they were fighting a little bit. Whereas, like that Wilk in that Wilco documentary, he was started making compromises, and after a while, he's like, "What? So why did you like basically kick him out of the band?" He's like, "I just couldn't make compromises anymore. I just wanted to make the music that I wanted to make, and like <laughs> kind of fuck that guy. Like in a sense, like I I did not want to make any more uh, compromises, you know." So it's well, in in the the you know dynamic of the band, sometimes you need a good producer that steps in and says, Mm -hmm. "You need to go this way," or "Yeah, you guys think that sounds good, but that kind of kind of sucks. It's not really the sound you're going for." Yeah, and sometimes as a single artist, if it's just you, those might not even be songs that you're writing. Those are all ideas. It's like somebody else has done this. They just want you to sing it. Once you, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's possibilities of that, but in an actual like <clears throat> you being creative and making your own uh, music, yeah, you have the producers, you have writers, and all this other stuff sometimes. <clears throat> but when you have a band, you're having to compromise. You're having to like things that maybe you, you know. I think that was the problem with George was having. George was like. 
Like, which way you want me to say, to play? I'll play the song however you want. Like, he was trying to be like, these little Brits are so passive aggressive. Every one of them, they're all like, like, I go, oh, they're, I guess they're having a slight argument here. And I bet, like, like, if this was America, they would be like, like, punching each other. <laughs> but this is just Brit, like, kindness. <laughs> But it's all very much, hey, just whatever you want to do is fine. <laughs> and in American, it's like, I fucking hate you, cunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, okay, all right, relax. <laughs> so, yeah, the Brits are real nice. You know, to, to kind of go back on, and again, I learned some history about the Beatles. The Beatles actually had this guy who they actually mentioned in, in oh, that's a push off, uh, uh, mentioned in the documentary, uh, uh, this guy named Mr. Epstein. I think that's Whoa, what his name. What? No, a different one. Different one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Completely different guy. So he was, you know, whenever they're getting, you know, started, he was their first manager. He was the guy who, you know, goes, hey, your haircut's going to be like this. You're going to wear this suit and you're going to, this is the way, you know, like really gave them that form to kind of like, you know, <sighs> Gave them that structure, I guess it is. And so he gave them the bowl cuts. He gave the bowl cuts and said, "Get the suits." That's what it was. But that was just to probably to make them look safe. Yeah. Well, so they could get on TV, and the parents wouldn't be like, "Hey, you kids can't watch this." But it make them look as normal as possible. He's like, "We have these. Uh, Well, we have these good strategy. We have these safe songs." And it's fun. Everything's fun. And everyone, we can be, you know, that was kind of the thing with the Beatles is, and you kind of see it in this, but everybody loves the Beatles. It doesn't matter. I mean, not everybody. I mean, obviously not everybody can love the Beatles, but all ages can love the Beatles. Whereas some of it's like, oh, just like Rolling Stones. Only my kids love the Rolling Stones. Your your grandmother was not rocking out to the Rolling Stones, you know. Whereas they might listen to a Beatles song, you know. The Beatles were the first boy band. Yeah, but you know, I was, I was, I think I always got like, you know, oh yeah. So the Beatles were just like the Backstreet Boys, right, Dad? And he goes, "I will fucking punch you right now." They were not but like that, the. I was gonna say. <laughs> It's so it's cheap. A version and, of that. Yeah, well, it's, it's just, a version of that, but it's only for the first album they came out with, and then they kind of became their own. Yeah, but from all all over, they were still like Backstreet Boys. Did they ever write a song? They never wrote a song. They never played musical instruments. Like these are obviously yeah, you, different. Do what? You said Backstreet Boys. I didn't say that. I, I, I mean, just said boy band. I, I mean, as a boy band, any boy band you can think of. I don't. They're they're all bubblegum. They know a formula, what it is to, you know, be popular or, or have a hit, you know, record or something like that. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so they had this Epstein guy, <laughs> not that one, but uh, he, like, out of nowhere died when he was, like, 32 out of some, like, weird, I don't know, something happened. I can't remember what it was. But he died uh, unexpectedly. And so now they didn't have that kind of, discipline structure so now like george not george but paul and paul and john kind of had to have to lead it and like they're not much like paul had to like take a little bit more you know than he normally would so but they just are unstructured that's why the beatles just never stayed together is because they never had anybody to kind of lead them away in that last latter years you know 
<laughs> someone, I mean, say what you will. I mean, if you had somebody be like, listen, guys, if y'all like toured 10 times a year, did an album every oh, yeah. two years, you'll have enough money. I mean, again, I'm not, uh, well, I think go look at net worth of Paul McCartney. He's, he's worth over a billion five. dollars. Right. But you could be the most profitable group in the history of everything, even though they are. Even more than they are, and that's what's even f- more fascinating, is they limited themselves, and they still, <laughs> you know, are the most popular, and you know, and everything else. So when did they, when did they stop touring and making albums? Do you do you know? Um, I don't know the exact date. It seems like it had but been like what year? I, I want to say nineteen sixty seven. So two years. That was their last album. No, they had made uh, Abbey Road. <clears throat> so Abbey Road, I think it was '68, and I'm, I'm sure okay. some Beatles person is listening. It's actually '67. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. You could say anything, and I'd be like, okay. And that's what I was, you know. And again, I might not be totally on on all the years. Like last live, uh, and someone will say it, it was. The rooftop, but no, there was really no fans there. It wasn't there, uh, you know, you know, last show with the Beatles. Uh, I'm sure it's going to say 1969. Because like because Lennon was shot in '80. I was just trying to get an idea. Okay, of how I, many years I, I've got it right here. Uh, okay, on when here. When that happened and when they were together, it's actually a lot more than I. It was. I said '67, didn't I? It was actually yeah. it was actually 1966, and the last one was on uh, 20, uh, 29th of August at Candlestick Park in in San Francisco. Wow, isn't that incredible? That's crazy that the, they had such a short run, but have such not just the influence, but just the I don't know, just that stature. We got to think about like, history. How it was like, you know, again, they were they were being so hot overseas, and they were like, "Hey, you're like really big over here in the states," and they're like, "Oh, really? That's cool. We're gonna do like eight shows," <laughs> and then it's like, "What? <laughs> you're gonna do that many? It's wild. <laughs> it's like what? Like eight shows is like a like a quarter of what." This touring that they do nowadays. I mean, I think, I, I think it. I don't know if it was their intent, but I think it worked to their advantage that they only had a small number of albums, and they broke up because let's just say they had stayed together mm-hmm. until Lennon got shot, or if that doesn't happen until the '90s or something. Like the more the more albums they made, and especially if they were just kind of eh or whatever, it just kind of dilutes what they did back years and years prior, as opposed to what they have. Absolutely, is what's perceived as a catalog that's like near perfect. Like honestly, if Don Henley would have got shot in the head back in the eighties, and they didn't do nineteen ninety four's Hell Freezes Over, eh. <laughs> You know, like, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. It was kind of cool when it happened. If you liked the Eagles, I thought it was cool. But it was we also... Don't have the, we don't have the Eagles fan on here to, to properly comment. <laughs> I mean, I'm an Eagles fan. I, I, I would say it was it was cool. But at the same time, they were all, you know, you, you missed that allure. And I think if John Lennon 
had lived and <laughs> not been shot, I really think there was a distinct chance that they would have done something, like probably in the late 80s or 90s. I think there was a distinct possibility. Uh, I think that's fair. You yeah, know? I think they would eventually gotten back together just to play, play a show or do do tours just, here and there. Yeah, just do something quick. Like, obviously, you see how much money that would have been thrown at, and just being like, "Hey, again, you do ten shows this year, you're gonna make so much money." Which even well, to, you, to the types of like a, a mega millionaires like the Beatles were, is still like, hey, right? You know, still pretty profitable. <laughs> Well, think about so think about even today, just the the hypothetical that they're all still alive, and mm. they haven't played very many shows. They're obviously not recording, but I don't know. One of the major networks offers them fifty million to play a sold out show at the Rose Bowl. That's going to be on like prime time one Saturday night. Oh yeah, I mean they're going to do it. And it's going to be huge. And we would talk about it for years to come, about that one yeah. time that the Beatles, you know, played. And, and it would just be – and I think there's something, too, like the over uh, – what is it? Like the oversaturation of the market sometimes where, you know, they're, you're touring so much and you uh, – you put out you put out an album. I mean, they put out albums fairly regularly in the 60s. So it's not like yeah. they weren't recording. Like they were recording. I really think you got to kind of look back in the days like that's what you did. You just recorded. And really there wasn't a whole lot of money in touring, if that makes sense. It actually cost you a little more money no. to go travel. No, it's the exact <clears throat> opposite now. Yeah, exactly. Now bands, they make no Nothing. money from recording an album and I don't know if they make no money from, there's not really much in the way of album sales now. Now it's all streaming and all that, but the, the money that they make is from touring. So that's why you see, Hey, here's a band going on tour. And then there's like 40 or 50 dates on there. And then you look at the ticket price and you're like $400. I, go see, uh, good Lord. Uh, I, yeah. And if you want a good seat, you're going to, you're gonna fork up big for time. It. Yeah, go get go get. I try to get nosebleeds to the Eagles, and I'm like, what? What? Do, I got a mortgage. What? I'm like, <laughs> like, holy shit! I like the Eagles, but damn, you know, Glenn Fry is dead. He's not there anymore. Yeah. I know you got Vince yeah. Gill, but <laughs> you know, really? Yeah, Vince Gill's on the Eagles now. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm still not gonna go see him, but <laughs> makes it. It gets me closer. Oh my god! Let's uh, let me see if I can play this one clip for you because it's I find it to be the funniest clip here. Has our internet been fine? I'm at the hotel, so uh, I, got, I got hotel internet. No, no, no. I think your the the audio hasn't been cutting out. Okay, that's good. Your your video has a little bit, but it hasn't. It hasn't I could turn that off. Maybe that'll help. But there's not much to look at here. Okay, so let me let me give you a backstory of this clip here so in the first episode not not like we're revealing too much but basically george harrison walks off and he goes yeah, i'm done he just basically yeah I'm, I'm out of the band i'm good and so they have some big meeting and and what have you and then this is the next day where they're kind of like i don't know if i don't think george is coming back um and there's just actually this funnier uh, so do you know the story of eric clapton and George Harrison? Uh, no. Okay. 
and I only know this because of uh, I read uh, I read Eric Clapton's biography years back, and like basically he had. I mean, I think they were mates, but like he did like steal his wife. <laughs> like Eric Clapton stole George Harrison's wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so okay, so George Harrison's most likely not coming back, and they're like, you know, asking John Lennon like. So, uh, so what are we gonna do if George doesn't come back? And he's like, "We'll get Clapton, we'll get Clapton to come in." <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I texted my brother right away, and I'm like, "Man, poor George Harrison. Every time, it doesn't matter if it's the Beatles or his own wife, wants to get him replaced by Eric Clapton." <laughs> poor George, he's just such a nice guy. Um. I don't know what I was gonna do there, but so yes, so he was come back, and they're they're basically they come back the next day, uh, like I think it was Sunday. They had this meeting, and they come back Monday to record, quote unquote, record or rehearse. And so uh, this is the only one, only one that's there is Ringo, <clears throat> and I don't know if the part where he says he doesn't like India comes up, but we just had a couple of days and things didn't work. Okay, yeah, that's it. So he has like flowers. Uh, George Harrison has flowers that arrive, and uh, it's. Uh, yeah. I'll take them for him. Okay. Yeah. I speak to instructions to bring them on the set. Yeah. Okay. Will be on. Oh, Hare Krishna. Yeah, those people. Harry. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Do you like India? No, not really. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that the only thing that's funny? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to pay attention to what they were saying. Uh, I was like, it's very just, like you said, just so understated. Oh, and I know. Emotional. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The whole like, thing. I, I can see. I can see how I could watch <laughs> that and just be lulled to sleep within an hour. Even I think I, I fell asleep it. a couple times. Which again, I watched it again and I go, oh, I didn't remember this part. Because <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> he's just playing music. You're just sitting there watching band a band like jam. You know, that's all you're doing. And it, I don't know. It was right. funny where. Yeah, they come back and George is in there, and then Harry Krishna is sending flowers, and then he just kind of goes, "Hey, Ringo, did you like India?" And he goes, "Not really." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Those people? Oh, it's from those people, <laughs> those Harry oh. Krishnas." <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh my! Good thing George uh, Ringo doesn't really care if you cancel him or not. <laughs> so. Yeah. George has already been canceled. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Watch the watch the documentary. Hopefully, I haven't revealed too much. But you know, I, I again, it's just a movie. Just throw it on. No one cares. I, I'll. I don't know if I can make it through the whole thing, but I'm interested enough to just fire it up and like. If you have like a you know, check I mean, out, check out some of it. This is just my life, but you know, my weeks are pretty damn busy. Saturdays, I'm chilling. So. I have a Saturday and I'm just throw on that. I, have, I put the surround sound on and and the Beatles are just rocking out in my living room. So 
not there not there yet we're we're in coaching basketball season so saturdays are pretty full yeah man i had plans for this podcast uh like a few weeks back because i was watching the beatles and they they signed Corey seager and oh I, yes and I, and I was gonna and i was gonna play don't let me down and that was <laughs> i was like well they're obviously going to but <laughs> so you haven't oh yeah because that's just recently so you haven't recorded since all the rangers signings no and i don't think anybody's nobody's even talking about it isn't it hilarious i i love uh, and this is you know i love the whole people carrying the Rangers will never sign anybody narrative for years and they spend half a billion dollars. Then I don't really hear so much from those people anymore. <laughs> it's weird how that happens that way. And not that their previous off seasons were perfect by any means, or I have like total agreement with it, but I don't know. It's almost like there may have been some kind of a plan in place in defense and i i wish i wish dustin was on here to just lay into you right now but uh you know it's 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 easy to say oh well it was just part of a plan to be just the worst farm system in the you know in the league for like the last few years eh, deciding I, mean, I think those are those are different things as far as how the farm system got where it got and why you hadn't been spending money in free agency. And they very well could have been targeting this particular off season to just absolutely just unleash mm -hmm. their payroll. I don't know that for a fact. I mean, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to say, by... it's nice to say, but also yeah. if they didn't spend any money on this team with a brand new stadium and now this is going to be, I mean, this is legitimately their first full year where not everyone's, like, afraid they're going to die, I guess. Or at least 60% sure. of the people don't think that they're going to die. And so now they actually have a – I mean, I am – I haven't said this in a while. I'm actually kind of excited to go to a game. Like, I'm excited to go to a, a, a Rangers baseball game, which I have not been able to say that in, in many years, it feels like. So we'll see. In the short term, I totally agree. The, the thing that I fear is that, yeah, I mean, I play the whole, hey, they're never going to sign anybody, and now dunk on those people. But I'm also really leery of, you know, what teams have signed somebody to some huge 10, 12 million Three hundred million dollar contract that are really yeah. doing well. Yeah, don't go like don't, don't go getting your uh, World Series ring size just yet. I mean, no, yeah, we got even so, like the Phillies signed Bryce Harper to put them over the top, and they have yet to make the playoffs right. since then. And the Mets signed Cano several years ago. They didn't do anything. I mean, there's there's a lot of examples where it didn't work out. I mean, this is a step in the right direction. I think my biggest fear is that we just become the angels. Yeah. That we have two or three, you've got like these two or three guys in your lineup that are good, very good to great players, and you're winning anywhere from 78 to 84 games a year, and that's just yeah, kind of who that, you are. That that's can't, what, that that's can't what fucking you happen. You know, again, well, that, we, we have Jack okay. Leiter, too, and, and I think those, yeah. are, those are the optimistic things that you can look at and be like, all right, we got that going. But Well, 
you have that plus you have a pick of a similar level coming up this year yeah yeah exactly so, so you could get another guy whether it's a pitcher or you know say a center fielder that that of course is going to be two or three more years away but you could get another impact player like that that's that's added to your farm system and i think that's their idea is that through the trades they made last year, through the draft picks they had last year, the ones that are about to happen, and these free agent signings, this is how you get to where they want to be. We shall see. And I think the only thing I, I will say, I mean, it, I'm not going to – it's not It's not like a hobby of mine to be like, I just want to shit on the Rangers and I have to, you know, you know, uh, Jay's going to distance, but I'm like having dudes like, Adam Morris sit there and tell me how fucking right they are all the time on, on, uh, oh, I told you they were going to fucking spend some money. I was like, well, they had no choice. So don't come at me like, oh, man, I told you they were going to finally spend some money in here. It's like, yeah, if they didn't, I think they would have, like, burned the place down. I mean, not really. They'd have to be, like, passionate about it. But they were going to be, like, a mass exit. They're going to come back to another season of the worst, you know, you know, attendance record if they didn't try. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like, oh but, my gosh, I can't believe they, you know, it's like they had to. They had to make I a big the splash. Only, the only difference is they actually got, Simeon was one thing, but getting Seeger, who, I mean, I guess, I would assume Carlos Correa is the number one free agent and Seeger would be number two. Like getting him was the that was the big one. How old is, how old is, is Correa? Is, uh, twenty. I think he's like twenty five. Oh really? Okay. I was gonna say the issue uh, with him. The issue with him is just whether, and I assume it is, but he's had some back issues. Like Seeger's had some injuries. No, they're both twenty seven. They, they're both twenty seven. Oh, they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seeger's had some injuries, but I feel like they've been more of. Um, it's not a degenerative nature. It's it's something that he hurt, but it's fine. Like when you start dealing with your back, that's that's pretty troubling. Very, that's very concerning. But my sources, being my brother-in-law, who's a huge Astros fan, says that Correa's back is fine and that he didn't hurt it through baseball. He told my sources tell me that his back injury was from activities involving his wife, whatever <laughs> whatever that means. He was throwing his back out. This is highly unconfirmed. Oh my lord! I don't think your uh, I don't think your uh, brother in law is the, the best source here. But all right, I I'm not saying it's true. This is just what I was told. This is my Carlos Correa information. But that that was the because I thought they they signed Simeon. They spent a lot of money on him. Good player, good dude, all that. And I thought, okay, well here it is. Here's the one signing. We did something, we spent some money, and hey, instead of losing 101 games, we're going to lose 93 next year, you know, but at least we're trying. But the Seager signing, that was like, that, that's, a, that's a big step. And that's a ser- that shows of a serious, you know, baseball team. You know, they're, well, Corey, Corey Seager is not a moron. Or, or I mean, he's... I mean, you you look at the Simeon and he's like, oh, that's nice. You know, he's 31, you know? Yes. But you look at Corey Seager and he's like, uh, Corey Seager's in the prime of his career. I mean, he's in the prime right now. 
Oh yeah. my lord. And it's like a ten year deal. And if you're assuming you know, he plays that if he's assuming he plays that through all the way to the end, he's like, This this is my like you said, he's in his prime. This is my career. So if yeah. he perceives this as just being this franchise is just gonna flop for the next decade, he's basically just wasting the rest of his career. So obviously he's convinced of something else. Something, he could yeah. have gotten the money elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it like uh, where it was taxes like a big deal on that or whatever. I I'm sorry, know. I'm a little distracted about finding out that Carlos Correa's last name is Oppenheimer. Uh, what? 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 <laughs> His, what is uh, this? his his full name is Carlos Javier Correa Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. <laughs> I think his mom is named Oppenheimer. That uh, I'm. I, I, I'm very, everybody, everybody, I just sort of circuited Jay. <laughs> I, I don't know because that's. I, I, I heard a lot say. of what you said earlier, and I'm just going. His name is Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. I'm thinking his his dad works Wall Street now or something. Well, it was mom, I think. Carlos Sr. is from Puerto Rico. But he... Oh, okay. uh, San Sandibel Oppenheimer? Man, that is just like sending me for a loop. Like, what, what the hell? Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer. He's a partner of a law firm. <laughs> I literally, uh, I've, I don't know. You find out a lot of crazy things when you do these podcasts. And you start searching around and you go, what? Oppenheimer? Oh, yeah, That's right. wild. Well, I mean, the the Rangers are going to totally win like oh. seven, seven games next year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm interested to see. But, I, again, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens this year. But it's obviously this is a future move. It's like. You're basing sure. everything around Corey Seager, and the problem is, again, I'm not big on, you know, signing a bunch of free agents just to sign free agents when you you can sign a bunch of free I mean, go back to 2000, 2001, we signed a bunch of free agents. Yeah, but you know? those are just a bunch of guys. I mean, I know they signed A-Rod, but then they just they just kind of collected what, what was there, what was out there. I mean, these are... Yeah, like they have the best middle infield in the major leagues, the Rangers do. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. And yeah. if you've got, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's why we need Dustin to reel off who they've got, like his center field this year, or what kind of prospects they have. You know, I, but I mean, if you're if that's the way you're building your team, I mean, you got a good you got a good start up the middle. No, and I can tell you right now, uh, I, I'm interested to see the dynamic of this podcast. If if Dustin gets more into baseball, and we'll be like, oh my god, you know, we were a, we were a wrestling podcast here for a little bit, and I think we might uh, <laughs> pivot into becoming a baseball podcast if this goes well. well the, the the best thing that they did, and Joey Gallo is, you know, by all indications, a good dude and all that, but. The best thing they did they did was not sign him to a long term deal. It's looking like that's probably was for the best. And I don't know if anything's gonna. I mean, they're prospects. What they got for him, there's no guarantee in anything. Um, 
but uh, I think just getting anything. I mean, it was it was no it was no to share it was no to share a trade or anything. No, but, not even close. Yeah. You you can't do that deal anymore. But just not not paying him twenty million dollars for the next six to eight years is the best benefit out of this whole this whole thing because he is perpetually gonna hit. 218 and strike out 190 times a year. That's just not going to change. Um, I think we did know. I mean, that was impromptu Ranger talk right there. Oh my god! There you go. I think that emphatic was too. Emphatic. We were just on it. Just hot takes all around. You know, it was just wow, so good. But I, I haven't heard anybody talk about the Rangers lately. Those are just kind of weird. You signed. You so, signed the. You signed one of the biggest free agents, and even in this town, everyone's going. So is Dak okay? What's going well, on? Yeah, okay. You know. So Paul, that was my first thing. It's football season. Yeah. And then immediately after these signings, there's a lockout in baseball. Mm-hmm. And like some people, and I'm just basically just referencing Twitter. Is basically like, yeah, what a perfect move by baseball. You have this stuff going on, and you immediately lock the players out. And I'm thinking, man, by then, I guess it was early December, late November. I'm like, who cares? They could be doing anything. Like, nobody is thinking about baseball again until at least March. Mm. Nobody at all. They could, they could, pitchers, they could have a strike. Pitchers come back in uh, so many days. They could have a strike, a lockout. They could just burn down all the major league facilities. Like, <laughs> nobody <still> cares. <laughs> like, like March 15th, they'll be like, oh, yeah, baseball's about to start. I mean, even me, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not the huge, the biggest baseball fan in the world, but d- d- November through February, I'm not thinking about baseball at mm-hmm. all. About two or three weeks before the season starts. I start getting revved up for it. But before then, I don't care what they're doing. So the lockout has no effect on me whatsoever. And, and you know what? I haven't even paid. You you brought up the lockout, and I literally in my head go, oh, yeah. <laughs> lockout. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> if, it's still going on in, if it's still going on in March, I will begin to care. Yeah, then, that'll be a big story. Whatever. But at, right. right now, I'm like, oh, I don't think I care. Apparently, people no, care, but I've not. I've not understood why. It's a it's a non issue at this point. I've got football season and other stuff to get through before that's even on the even approaching the radar. All right, let's 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 do a live look in on this uh, onside kick. How far along? All right, you're a little ahead of me. Am I okay? Based on your your my reactions. Two to three seconds ahead of me, so don't react to this onside kick. Okay, I won't. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm a lot better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Did the Cardinals get it? I have no idea, but that looked a lot better than I thought. I go, this is not gonna get by. All right, live look in on the uh, Cardinals Chargers game Monday Night Football. They are pointing. The, they got it. They're playing the Rams. The Cardinals got, got Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yes, the Cardinals oh have got God. it. No, no, no. You're good. I see it now. Okay. I'm not that far ahead. All right. They missed it. Break. They missed Oh, my God. That was the most clear. Oh, oh my God. Wow. They did get it. Mark right, this down. 
I need a bathroom break. So go ahead. I need, I need Pause a few it seconds up. here. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, nice holding call. So, you, so what are you? Are you, you're on location right now? I am on location, un, undisclosed location, but on a location, not at my house. Right. Yeah. So, live from the live from the hotel. It, it just, this is what we were doing last year. Was doing the uh, the live yeah. the live shows from the the hotel back in the day at Trump Towers. You were building all the yeah. You were building all the Trump buildings. Yeah. Now. Uh yeah. I mean, I'm doing some, you know, download things for Trump now. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you know. Just always, always Trump related. Well, you know, I go where the money's at. I mean. Regardless of what he's done, <laughs> it's actually it's actually kind of fair. <laughs> I mean, come on! Oh my lord, Do they not have any timeouts. What's going on? No, what they're is... going to be able to fire off a hail mary here, and that's oh, it. Okay. What in the hell is going on? Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what is going on? Just throw it. This oh, that's uh, so beaten. This is over. All right. Well. There's there's nothing more beaten than your quarterback just falling down on his own. Unfor- to game. Uh, unfortunately, Allen, Allen Texas own Kyler Murray was not able to make that work. But oh man, I didn't realize now this is a Texas Texas QB. Well, I guess that's kind of normal nowadays. But oh wow, oh uh oh, James Conner. Oh no. Oh god, he's all right. Um, no, the, we will segue into Cowboys talk. The Cowboys needed this result. <laughs> well, indeed losing would have been very bad. I think. <laughs> well, because now they, with respect to the Cardinals, the Cowboys control their own destiny. Yeah. If they went out and beat the Cardinals, they finish ahead of them. So this is very, a very important Rams victory. You know, here's what I was say. Like I was, uh, I went to a a live, you know, you had to make fun of me, but I made I went to a live uh, fan uh, radio event. I was uh, I was not making fun of you, and my <laughs> comment was like that I cannot even imagine a scenario where I would listen to that station. But it's not really a knock on the station itself; it's just the fact of like I listen to the ticket through the app, and if they go to a commercial or they go to a show that I don't, you know, I don't listen to. I just have so many other alternatives. Or, or even a segment. Like, if they go, all right, we're going to talk about... I go, nope. Yep. <laughs> Podcast. Well, but, <laughs> like, I'll watch but, uh, anything else. Right, but I built I built in, if not the full hour on the Sports Day app, something close to it before I even start listening. Right, right. So I don't listen to commercials. And Pretty convenient to start your listening now at... You know, basically seven if you want. Exactly. And you can be fine. Yeah. You so know? it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Rick Bonus next. I'm like, okay, well Fast let's move this in about twenty five minutes. What is this? And uh uh what's what's the Texas guy that they always talk to? Really Brian Jones. Brian Jones. <laughs> yeah, Brian Jones instant skip. Does Goose still talk uh to Norm? 
You know what? I feel bad, but I haven't listened to Norm's show, I think, since the pandemic started. Really? I think since 19... No, no, <laughs> two... <laughs> 1952. No, uh, like 2000. I can give it to about 13, maybe. I, I feel like I used to listen to like the first couple of segments. I used to get excited. Be... But I used to get excited by like by picks of the pole. Like you used to get excited about that. And now I'm like, I don't want to hear what this old man has to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm feel not, so bad. I'm just not as excited. I'm not as excited for sports anymore. I'm just like, there do we bits, go. You know, clang the sil- the symbols together and and dance for us. Yeah. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the cover too. I don't know what it is. You like, get that anywhere. Yeah, you get that. I think that was what the allure of the ticket was, is that you could get um, your sports talk sprinkled in with some, you know, you know, relevant talk about anything. I, I want to talk about, number one, the, the sideline interview is a total joke. Do we, yeah. do we agree on this? <laughs> No, it's a waste of time. We don't need sideline reporters po- in, in any sport. The post, of, of the post game show. Kind. So I, I've tweeted this, and I actually got some nice responses. So Michael Parsons last night was it last night or yesterday? Yesterday. So he, uh, you know, he he was talking to Pam Oliver, and they were doing the whole thing like they're doing right here, where they're talking to them, and then there's like, uh, you know, they used to just hold the mic to them, and then you know go back for now they do like this weird social distance thing and so they did that and then they cut back and they were talking they go back to the desk and then but they're still showing micah parsons and micah parsons gives pam oliver a big hug and you're like what was the point of all of this (laughs) there's no point of any of this you just did this to show us that you were distanced but as the camera goes away you just yeah. go and give Pam Oliver a hug. So there's no reason for any of that. Why is that guy so old looking? Who was I, that? I don't know. We all age at different rates. So, so. he's just got gray in his beard. It's like a lineman. It's like, like he's 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Uh, here's my thing, though. Uh, so Dak is obviously hurt, right? Uh, more than likely. So... I mean, we watched the whole hard knocks thing. Like they talk about whatever was going on with his shoulder. There's obviously something wrong with his shoulder. Like the way he's throwing, it's not a sense of like we know Dak knows how to throw a ball. You know, there's right. there's evidence in the games that he's played beforehand where he knows how no, to throw a ball. Like, we have like five or six years worth of yeah games. So it's not so a sense it, of like I mean, he just shoulder the calf is still bothering him. I mean, there's or, something you know, obviously wrong. The compound fracture to his ankle. Something, <laughs> yeah. It, but even then, I mean, he earlier in this season he was throwing a really good ball, and now something's That's off. True. Something's off, and it's like, see, Dak can't throw the ball, and it's like. We know that's not true. Like, stop being disingenuous. There's something obviously wrong with him. But obviously, him a hurt uh, a hurt Dak is obviously better than a. A good Cooper Rush, you know, or, right. or whoever. No, I think he's he's still dealing with some issues, but I mean, there uh, there are some decisions that he's making that are kind of ill advised as well. Oh yeah, but I think I think his mind 
is telling um, what is that song his mind is telling him something but his arm is telling him no <laughs> like i can't make that throw and right. i think i think there's a disconnect because he's thinking well in my old arm i could do that i think there's something definitely wrong if it's not with i mean i think there's definitely things in your leg if there's something with the calf if something with his ankle something with his arm something is hindering him to where he's not able to throw as accurate as he wants to it's it's so evident, and it's not just Dak can't throw. Are you saying his heart is saying yes, but his body is telling him his no. body is saying no? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I, was, I didn't realize where I was okay. going on. Like, why do I feel like I'm just about to sing like a Bell Biv and DeVoe song or whatever that? It was R. Kelly. Yeah, I think it's funny how you know people are so critical and overreact just week to week to just the Cowboys and Cowboys games and, you know, take the stance of they're not nearly as good as some of the other teams, maybe in whether it's their, not really their division, but maybe their conference, but I highly doubt the um, same people are watching the other teams in the conference with the same critical eye or the same level of attention to see what their faults are. We just saw the Cardinals just get, well, they didn't get blown out, but they got beat at home by a team that was missing one of their best players. And, you know, I doubt they were watching that with the, uh, well, yeah, the Cardinals are done. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Kyler Murray just, he just fell down at the end of the, at the end of the game, he just—he clearly didn't want it. He here's didn't a, want to win, here's so he funny, just fell down. Here's the funny part to to connect the defense with Dak. Dak right now doesn't have to be like fucking awesome Dak right now because his his defense right now with Micah Parsons and everyone that's firing right now. All he has to do is he's got to fight through. I mean, hopefully when he gets to the playoffs, he's starting to go into awesome Dak. But right now, Dak can be pretty mediocre and still be pretty, like, you can still be a very competitive team because I, for a second, didn't think at all that the Reds, whenever they were coming back and all this, okay, I'm telling you right now, they're not scoring. I had right. no doubt in my mind. I, I don't know what it was. It's just maybe that crazy psycho Michael Parsons going through there. They're not scoring. I mean, it could possibly happen, but it just didn't feel like that was going to happen. Now, and there's, you know, there's, um, well, I don't think it's obviously not guaranteed that no, what no, the Cowboys no. have. They've you no, know, they got four games left in the season. There's obviously, no guarantee they're going to win all four, but there's also no reason that they can't win. I mean, they got the Giants, Redskins, Cardinals, and Eagles. That's their last four games. Those are all absolutely winnable, winnable. games. Absolutely. What, what what's this? What's the record? Right now? Nine and they're nine and four right nine now. And four. Oh my God! Come on, man. Twelve is. 12 and 4 is hold on is it now 12 and well they're playing 17 games now so it's so. 13 and 4 right 
I mean, that's that's doable. I think 13, yeah, I mean, 4, 12, be... and 5. It's so weird to exactly. now say those combination of numbers now. But like 12 and no. 5, 13 and 4 are so doable. So it's not even like. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not in a sense of. And you know, it's funny listening to the podcast uh, like uh, like the last two or something. Like that. It was me and Jacob. And Jacob's going, this team is unstoppable. Like they will. This, this team. And then like after that, like they had a total fumble of like, I was sitting there laughing going, man, the fucking Cowboys are terrible right now. And it's just like, I mean, that's just, that's just NFL, that, man. That's most teams. That's just NFL. Right? I mean, you, you have teams that go on like a 14 and two, 15 and one type run, but even teams that win championships, a lot of times have been it's incredible being 10, 10 and 6 11 and 5 is not uncommon whatsoever no but it's it's incredible to watch people who who watch football way more than i do and still do not understand the concept of the nfl i know the goofy any giving sunday blah, 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 but it's like literally even the crappy teams in the nfl can still muster up something and fuck like how the how the Raiders what the Raiders did that ha- can happen, you know. So it's I don't know why everyone just you know does like uh you know like uh, an MMA. They always call it MMA math. Well, this guy beat this guy, so we should that oh, guy yeah, should be able to beat that, that guy. You know this transitive team, part property exactly. This team beat this team, so we obviously should be able to eat, beat this team. And it's like that's not how the world works. <laughs> you know, like that other team that's is not how anything works. That's that other team still wants to fuck you up, even if they suck. Right? They still are out there to win the ball game, and they're, they're NFL players. They're going to try to win the ball game, and they're not just because. Well, the Cowboys are actually supposed to be around, you know, a uh, twelve. 13 win team this year and it's like huh, guess what i don't give a fuck like i'm still right. gonna try to you know trying to beat them so excuse me so i don't know it, it's it's amazing to watch that they just they have they have no ability to um no ability to just sit there and go yeah that's, that's not good you know i don't know uh, I, mean, I just can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't watch them like yesterday. It, it wasn't the prettiest game, but I mean, they won and they were well in control of it. And then just some extremely unusual circumstances led it to being close toward the end. But I can't watch that and just be like totally discouraged. Like this team sucks. I mean, they just went on the road in the NFL and won. A, they won. And they covered the spread, <laughs> like everything that points to what would be a quality win. You check that off, and obviously there's some things they got they can't play, like they did yesterday in some ways, and expect to be able to win a Super Bowl. But they weren't in the Super. Bowl They weren't yesterday. in the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean I'll, I'll worry about winning the NFC Championship and getting the Super Bowl when they're playing in the NFC Championship. Yeah, I'm not worried about because again, I've watched. Some, you know, I've watched some games of of teams that have won Super Bowls, and I've sit there and gone, "How the fuck is this team ever going to win a Super?" Bowl? Like, you're looking at it, this team's terrible, and they end up winning Super Bowls. Well, I'm pretty sure that it uh, happens. 
that Tampa Bay lost to that same Washington football yes. team this season. So are, should we go back and break down that tape? And then, then we do a segment. People do a segment on how Tom Brady can't win a Super Bowl. Well, is that, that's is, a really that good. That's a taking? really good example because I remember last year whenever that was happening, and they were like, uh, <laughs> like Tampa Bay would lost. A, I can't remember what team it was, and they were like, "Is Tom Brady done?" <laughs> I'm going, no, no, not at all. No, they were. I think they lost to. I can't, like you said, I can't remember who it was. I think they lost. They were seven and five, and I think it might have been the Saints. I feel like they got blown out by the Saints, but maybe that's not it. But then, uh, yeah, the narrative was this is not going to work, and. Brady's, we've we've seen his best. We're not going to see it again. And next thing you know, they reel off what seven, eight wins in a row. Yeah. And they, next you see uh, Tom and Tom and Gronk getting off the plane. I just saw that recently. It was like we ain't going nowhere. That was great. <laughs> now I'm just like, well, it was good. It's pretty awesome. All right, so let's transition some wrestling and get this fucking thing over with. All right, wrestling. It's been a while, so, so where do you where do you want to start? Well, shall we talk about the? You know, uh, I guess we could talk about the WWE and everything else that's going on with that. Um, uh, we can get the AEW at the end because it's, it's just I got. <laughs> On this, I'm sorry, I pulled up AEW botches. I know, uh, uh, I know a, a good friend of uh, a good friend of yours, <laughs> a good, not a good friend of mine, but you know, we're 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 nice. Uh, an acquaintance, Twitter, an acquaintance of yours, Twitter, a good friend of mine. Yes, a Twitter acquaintance of mine. Who I, uh, me and him apparently are in simpatico on all things. Uh, follow the AEW botches, and I'm telling you, yeah, I fucking love this company. <laughs> everything that they do but it's it's uh wwe they're going through a weird and you know i hate hearing the whole thing where uh i guess they're like wwe is going to uh sell the company or all this other stuff and i go like again i'm not a financial heir or of any sort but it's not that they could just sell the company like Vince would have to sell his shares and then mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's not a, I think you sell the company, you know, it's, I mean, stop me where I'm, stop me when I'm wrong. You know, I, I, I mean, that's not, it's also not imminent. I think it's coming up soon just based on Vince's age. And if he wants to keep running the thing, I think their TV contracts have about two more years before they run out before that becomes an issue. So I think from there it just becomes like it, this is not a, what year are we in 2021? Yeah. This is a 2023 issue and whether he wants to sell it overall, uh, whether just everything goes to Peacock or if it goes to Disney from a broadcasting standpoint, I mean, there's still time before that's going to, actually play out i I couldn't imagine them that vince selling it before at least before the wrestlemania in 2023 that's in los angeles yeah i mean it seems like there's a lot of build up to that that could be like the jumping off point if he wanted to not run it anymore 
And whoever, whoever, well, I guess if he sells it, he's like, y'all do whatever you want with it. If he has that type of attitude and approach. But I mean, I feel like we're spring or summer 2023 before that's even any type of reality. Well, it seems like the writing is on the wall, the writing is on the wall that this isn't going to be like a, I think it was always thought like Shane and, uh, you know, Stephanie and, and Hunter are all going to basically run this company and now it's kind of seeing that no that's probably not going to happen right like it's most likely just going to be handed off to some corporate financier and and then it's it's going to be i don't know i don't know what wwe is going to be in the next five to ten years like I, I i legitimately can't think about what it's actually going to be no that's and it's all speculation. I was actually listening to something to, uh, today that was just throwing out just a you know a theory um, that one part of their theory was that Vince is not going to sell it until he is just not a healthy enough human being to keep running it. Which who knows? Which, I mean, he's which, in his late seventies now, right? Which might be now. <laughs> Well, he's not like at the point of death no, but or anything like that. I don't know if he's at the point of having all of his mental faculties as well. Right. I mean, but if you've ever the, watched the 2000, uh, early 2000s Vince McMahon match and the uh, the chair shots he took, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're, that's fair. you're sitting there going, are you okay, Vince? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fair. 76, but, by the way. Some of the okay, so seventy six. Yeah. So as he gets closer to eighty, maybe he's got some motivation to want to get out of it. I was listening to some today. I had kind of a theory that it gets sold to you know whoever, and you know Tony Khan is kind of running it. And of course, this theory. Tony or Nick like Khan. Theory. There's two cons, and it's really confusing. Yeah, whichever one. Which one are you um, talking about? It's, uh, Tony Khan is the AEW one, and Nick Khan is the, is the current okay, president. So Nick. Okay, Nick Khan is the current president of the WWE. Okay, so it's Nick then. Yeah. Um, so Nick would uh, basically be running it. And, of course, I like this theory that I listened to because it involved The Rock. Oh, but, yes, um, yes, yes. Did you it, see the tweet? The Did you see the – okay, okay. It was just the idea that that one just a relationship between The Rock and Vince, the fact that Rock just bought the XFL. Oh my God! Um, okay. And whether it's him or just other entities that he's involved with, and The Rock has such a close relationship with NBC, with Peacock, and with Disney, that it's all just like a you just kind of you've got like these three, four, five entities that could be involved, and you pick like. Two or three of them, like you have so, The Rock, so and so Disney, let me, or you have The Rock and NBC. So and let me let me give a little context here. It. Let me give a context here. Is is uh, was it this morning, or yeah, it was today. I thought The Rock posted or yesterday. Uh, he posted this photo of him with uh, the WWE. Well, I have to look. Uh, w, I'm looking up right now. Is uh, okay and. He he tweeted or Instagrammed this photo with him and Nick Khan and this other broad. I don't know who she is. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, apparently, is it his ex wife? Uh, is this? I can't say her name. I'm gonna get that name wrong. 
But apparently they were all childhood friends, like uh, The Rock and Nick Khan and this other this other lady. And this lady's like a, uh, she's a showrunner in Hollywood or something like that. And so The Rock is sitting there with Nick Khan, and and my and now you saying that my fucking like Spidey sense is going, okay, I see what's going on here. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So Nick Khan is is currently right now the WWE president, uh, and and he posted this photo of him and Nick Khan at dinner, going, "I'm this lifelong friend of Nick Khan, like they grew up together or they childhood friends." And he was talking about the successes that they come on, and you bring up the the XFL, and you bring up, you know, um, man, that's that's really interesting. That one day, I mean. But also think about just the idea of how to keep this as something that's that's relevant and at the uh, it's not going to be the forefront of everybody's mind. But as far as just selling the product, hey, it's sold. It's been with the McMahon name for literally decades, you know, and now they're out moving forward. Well, yeah, who's running this thing? OK, yeah, it's on NBC or it's on Disney or whatever is showing or streaming it, but who's running it? Oh, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the face and of only, wrestling now. You know, I'm gonna sidebar for a second. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the star that everyone thought Hulk Hogan was gonna be. Isn't yeah. that funny to say? Like you think about it and you're like, no, 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 no. Hulk Hogan was way bigger. No, like the Rock is no, 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 no. everything that the Hulk Hogan was trying to be. He tried to right. be a Hollywood star and tried to be in television and all this other stuff. Well, so did, so did Goldberg. So did Steve Austin. But they Hulk Hogan was have, the biggest star in the 80s and 90s. And it's like, yeah. and I didn't even realize it. I was like, I'm sitting there talking to my wife and I go, like, The Rock is the biggest thing like going right now he's in a movie he's in like five movies a year right now that's his that's his going right right now it's five movies a year well well and that's that's why that there's no chance that he's going to be part of wrestlemania here coming up in arlington because his schedule for movies is basically booked for all of 2022 absolutely like he wouldn't even have time to do it that's what but, sucks it's like it's nice to say but no, The Rock doesn't have time to go messing around with no, Roman Reigns, so, which sucks, but it is but what then, it is. But then think about think about the Long timing term. of twenty. But think about the timing of twenty twenty three. So let's say he has time to do it a year from now, and they put together a story. It's The Rock against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania twenty twenty three in L A. in Hollywood. He loses. That's his retirement match, goes out on his back, all that kind of stuff. And then soon after that, he transitions from not just a participant. Yeah. Now he's he's the guy. He's the guy running the thing. I just I just wonder, like, does The Rock really like doing movies? You think movies are like fun to do? Yeah, but he I I think yes, but he's also like he's I don't think he's 50 yet, but I think he's pushing it. And obviously he's in incredible shape and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, his time frame to do the kind of movies he's doing is 
It's got to it's got to end five eventually. Years, yeah, it's got to end eventually years, to where you're like cuz he's doing so many movies right now. Like my wife uh she went uh she flew out to Chicago and she goes, "Yeah, I watched this one movie and it was uh it was on Netflix." Like, who's in it? And she's like, "Ah, nah. Oh, that rock guy was in it." I go, "So you watched this movie with the rock and you didn't allow, you know, you didn't watch it with me. You you didn't think maybe I would want to watch the movie with the rock in it." She goes, oh, "I guess I guess you did. Yeah, I guess yeah." Like, yeah, I think maybe I would want to watch the movie with The Rock in it. And by the way, that movie's not great. Um, <laughs> you talk about Red Notice. Red, Red Notice is so... It's okay. It, it's it okay. It's fine. It, it's a fun it's, little... I tell you right now, the, yeah. part, the part where I gagged, where it was Ryan Reynolds is the thief and The Rock is... And again, I'm not going to reveal anything, but The Rock is playing the, like, the cop character. And he goes... My dad was a crook, and now I'm a cop. And your dad was a cop, and now you're a crook. See, we're not all that different. And I go, I'm gonna punch something right now. I hate this. <laughs> it was, it was a movie. I watched it, uh, just like one random, like you said, it was like a random Saturday where we didn't yeah. have anything going That's, on, and yeah. I think my kids were down the street playing with their friends, and we, we we watched it while they were gone. And it was fine, but after it was over, it was definitely one of those. I was like, "All right, well, that was fine, but I never have to watch that again." I didn't hate it, but I, there's, there's you're not know, no down with Red Notice too. They obviously probably no, pitching Red Notice too. That is true. I will probably watch it. I'm probably gonna I'm watch. I have to watch for. Uh, oh yeah, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. Anything the dumb crap that he puts out, I have to watch all of Dwayne Johnson's shit. But his but his window is oh, probably man. the next five or six years I, because then after that it's gonna be like why is the old rock still jumping on top of a train trying to stop a with with Kevin Hart terrorist with attack? Kevin Hart yeah like why what's going on <laughs> why are we still watching this <laughs> so he he needs to make as many movies as possible for like the next three four five years but as a profile and, as a profile to be like. You remember The Rock? He was the biggest movie star for the last five to ten years. Right. And now he is the now he's gonna go into full on like McMahon esque. Yes. He's gonna be the McMahon of the nineties and early two thousands of like I am now the boss of the WWE. Man, no, he's the he's Oh the my face gosh. And, and he's the boss of the XFL. WWE. I tell you right now. And then now, as he gets into his 60s, President of the United States of America. Okay. Of America. <laughs> of the America. We just changed it. Oh, my God. We're going to revisit this podcast <laughs> years down the road and be like, I think we were wildly off base here. It's okay. But that's we'll all see. right. It's pretty in fun. 20, to- in, 20, in 2036, when... Uh, He's either being sworn in or running, and I don't know how those years match up with how it actually works, but <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm telling you. Just wait. That makes me excited. So uh, so the Jeff Hardy uh, release, what did you think of that? Um, I, my, my assumption that is he's still dealing with some issues and – uh, maybe the the WWE either tried to help him and he refused or 
That's you know, a, that they is had the just seen enough. That is the report. Well, and wasn't there also a live event that he couldn't perform at because of perhaps? Did you, did you was, watch that video? I have not seen it. I've only heard about something that happened. It's it's so strange because he apparently, from what I you know, I'm reading reports too. He's getting worked over by the Usos, and then. He makes a hot tag to to McIntyre. He rolls out and then just jumps in the crowd and walks off. <laughs> like, it's the oddest shit ever. Right. And so uh, McIntyre wins, and he gets up, and he, he starts, like, going, where the fuck is Jeff? He goes, he, he does the whole uh, Jeff Hardy dance and goes, like, where is he? Yeah. And he... Yeah, Jeff Hardy, I didn't realize how fucking weird it was. Like, that Jeff just jumped in the crowd and was just like, fuck this. I'm yeah, out. That's odd. It's so that's odd behavior. That would odd. that would explain it. And it's just like, uh, you know, and I I really do. I have an affection for Jeff. I, I think uh, it's actually kind of inspiring, kind of what has transpired with him, you know, of where he's where he's come from and now where he's at but at the same time now he's back into to live events and touring again and taking the bumps you know it's not just on friday nights it's uh i mean i guess they do like four nights a week i can't remember exactly what the touring schedule is but you're taking bumps well, I mean, again and yeah he was in the mix of that and then there was rumors that whether it was on just a, a SmackDown episode or a pay-per-view that they were going to give him a run against Roman Reigns, just give him a match. Oh, uh, just recently, again, I was watching whenever they had that that uh, battle royale. I go, they're going to get the. I talked to my dad, and I, I I make him watch wrestling, which he hates. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to give this to Jeff Hardy, and he goes, okay. And I'm like, and they gave it to him, but they slipped it under the, you know. Gave it into uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah, right. But I really thought that's really where they were going. And I think they actually came out of the report that Roman Reigns was going to to do a run with uh, Jeff Hardy. I thought that would have been great. Well, they could have they could have done it in between. Because you got the January 1st pay-per-view. Yes. And you got the Rumble at the end of the month. They could have done it in between. You yeah. could have teased it one week and then had... I think the Brock of... had to come in a little earlier than he right. was going to. Right. So so they could have done it in between there. Or they could have done it this January 1st one if they wanted. But they they got the whole Brock-Roman thing, they which I... What is this? I, I fear... I'm cool with that because I feel like... You know the the mat the fight that they had at the Saudi Arabia pay per view was unfulfilled. Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of tricked up. So you need another you need another match that has a, a clean ending, and and so that makes sense. I just fear what they're going to do with this, and if they're uh, well, one Roman loses, or they do something that leads to. Brock Roman is the main event at WrestleMania, and I just don't think a whole lot of people want to see that. No, no, I don't think they do. But I, I, I still believe. I think 
Jeff Hardy had something more into him, but I, I, I think the bumps and the touring, I think you're not going home every day. You know, you're sitting in a hotel, your fucking mind right. wanders and things yeah. are going in where you're like, huh? Like, I mean, it, it's kind of like I was talking to Grego. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to put that in there, but you know, Grego, for as long as you can think, Grego is a is an addict. You know, say what you want about him, whatever it is. Like, Grego is an addict, and he um, is going to have these little inklings to want to do the bad things that he did before. Um, uh, yeah, it's never going to go away. It's never going to go away. Um, I'm gonna play this here in a second. So, I, I really think though, if he actually had a problem, and it looks like the WWE was, they're really big on. Uh, I was actually watching an old thing where you know when uh they they released Kurt Angle back in the day, because they were really worried. Like they're like, oh fuck, we're gonna. They were really on edge of like. Uh, you know, bad PR on killing wrestlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, Kurt, Kurt, Angler, Kurt Angle was on some really bad, uh, you know, uh, subscription pill medicine. <laughs> so he was he was on some scripts, and they were really worried. And they said, okay, you're going to rehab. And he goes, no, I'm really not. And so they released him, and he went off to TNA. So... This is kind of a similar thing. It was just like they offered it to him, and it, it is, yeah. and it really. I mean, honestly, I, I say this with like things. You know, your company really doesn't care, but they care about the things like PR wise of like, hey, you know what? If we have a, a live event and then you know Jeff Hardy is drunk or he's ends up dead after an event, it's gonna look really bad for us. So we've either guy we've either got to put him in the rehab and do all that and don't you know as far as the heartless things that they say wwe does i think they really try honestly i think they care about the individual but i think they care about the product more in the end like they're gonna make their attempt, why wouldn't but, they yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't he, they no no, no it makes yeah. it makes perfect business sense i mean they shouldn't put everything aside for just one you know, tiny piece of the whole product. You you make your attempt, and if that individual refuses what you're trying to help them with, then you just you just move on. Yeah, it's not uh, the but, WWE's responsibility. So here, right here, to uh, manage or fix his addiction. So did you see the uh, the hot tag to McIntyre? Yeah, here, and then you'll see him in the top corner there. He just jumps over the guardrail and just leaves. Huh. Even the security guard's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, You're not allowed to do that." Um. Yeah, Jeff Hardy just fucking leaves. So hopefully he gets the help. He get. Yeah, okay. I really um. For a while though, I was always like, "Ah, fuck that guy. He's a fucking, you know." But you know, you see what he's done. You know, as far as. You know, turning his life around, and you know, he is obviously the 
the more I hate to say this, more talented the Hardy brother and the Hardy boys and and oh yeah, you know it's just yeah, you kind of root for a guy like that. So hopefully, I think they can. I think the conspiracy is that uh, he basically did it on purpose so he could go to AEW and work bullshit. with his brother again. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. Watch this. This is. I, did you see that part? McIntyre does the dance. Wait, he's like, "Where did he go?" And he does a little he's dance. He's looking around. Yeah. He's, yeah. Because he's like, "What the fuck? You're not allowed to just leave during a match." <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's it's odd. I, and you know, I know a lot of. Uh, here's a you know like uh johnny gargano or whatever the fuck his name is and all these other people so now right now as it is wwe is not afraid at all to like just oh you want to leave okay go like beforehand they were they would make a real uh, concerted effort. Well, it's just a, it's a different business model. I mean, a different approach. The approach before was just to accumulate all the talent you could so that other companies didn't have it, whether you used it or not. You just had everyone under contract. And now it's, uh, it's a little costly, and we may not need to do it. And to be honest with you, I mean, I, they'll never do it. But, I mean, I think they need to cut back on their programming specifically Monday Night Raw should be a two-hour show and not three. And NXT should be like an hour tops. You know what I say? I think NXT, I think, I think NXT should be on Peacock. Yeah. Like, no, that's I, fine. I, I mean, honestly, that's I'm not saying with that. just in a sheer fact of like, if you want to see, if you want to see this stuff, then do it. Then put it on Peacock because I've been, I've been listening to a lot of Cornette and I think the problem that we're seeing with AEW is you're putting people on TV that aren't at times ready for television. And so if you're not ready for television, did you, uh, do you, you have the cock, right? Uh, I do. Uh, if you watch the episode of, uh, ruthless aggression, there's apparently this whole series of, uh, ruthless, uh, this is not a, a time of the year where I, I I didn't watch in those early 2000s, um, but they talk about OVW, uh, which okay. is Ohio Valley Wrestling or whatever the fuck it is. It was basically where they all the top guys in the early 2000s all came out of o, OVW. You know, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, yeah, uh, Orton, everybody came through there. And no, it's just like I think most of the guys right now that are on top came through. It was Florida. I can't remember what F- the FCW company it was called. It was FCW. I Is that it what it was? Yeah. Okay. Like the Seth Rollins and some other some other dudes. I know they yeah. came out of Ring, Ring of Honor. And, yeah. Yeah. But with what that was instead of NXT, which now you get, like everyone can see NXT, like if it's on USA Network. So what the problem is is, uh, like with OVW, you're watching they they put it on regional television over in Ohio or or where the fuck it was. It wasn't actually Ohio. It was actually like Louisville, like Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, they put it on regional television. But it gave them the ability to learn how to talk on the mic, how to work in ring, 
and do all those things on local television where you're like, if we would have saw Brock Lesnar, like screw up a bunch of uh, moves and talk like an idiot or something like that, it would have ruined the not overexposed. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then you would have ruined that character, but basically you go into the minor leagues to learn those little things. Like it looked like a school, like, they were talking, you know, they sh- they showed uh, segments on it where they were, you know, guys guys on the mic going, you know, they're doing the whole thing. And they go, oh, yeah. that was a real good promo, but she went a little long because they were trying to teach them how to keep their promos tight because mm-hmm. on this timeline, you only have two and a half minutes right here. You know, those type of things. Like they were really, it was like going into wrestling school without you know, doing like a, the performance center and all this other shit, you know, the performance center will teach you some things, but like Cornette, you know, you know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Cornette. Cornette was the big player in the OVW. And he was sitting there going this, I'm going to tell you what it is to be in wrestling. What, like the psychology of it, the, you know, the little tricks and trades of it. And you can screw up here. It's no big deal, you know, and we're going to find out if you're going to be good enough. And, you know, WWE kind of funded some of those things over there. And, and I, you know, just like FCW over in Florida, they did the same thing over there, but now they had the signing team. And now we're seeing the problem here. Like, uh, like that carrying cross guy. I never watched him very right. much. Like he was awesome in NXT. And eh, I don't it, know if I'd say awesome. That's but, what but they, it was. It was effective. It was effective. But now, every, but now everybody's seen him, and then WWE wants to put their little thing on it, and then it gets criticized, and it doesn't go over. So that's the yeah. I was gonna say that's the biggest. That's why this point. That's why I say that everybody everybody sees it, and then whatever is uh, you know likable about that character on nxt if it's changed at all mm-hmm. yeah the immediate because i mean i saw it I, mean, I saw it actually uh i think i saw his first match on raw in person this this year oh the one and where he got pinned or whatever he yeah he lost to jeff hardy now jeff, that we just uh, going back know, to jeff we're hardy seg- we're segueing all over the place but he yeah and the response immediately online because they have all this background on him is that well they just ruin the entire character because they bring him up and then he loses and now the, it's done. Yeah. But, but to your point, if that was just a, a Hey, here's a name we've heard about, but we don't know much about it. You're going to allow more time for it to develop. So I don't know. It's interesting. And, and I haven't, uh, I used to watch NXT a little bit and I haven't watched it at all, especially since they revamped, revamped and now it's NXT 2.0 and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen little highlights and clips and stuff like that, but actually sitting down and watching it, like zero. I'm. It's I don't, it's, it's pretty. Kind of don't have time. It's kind of shite. I'm gonna tell you. I mean, it's, right. it's kind of shite, and it's obviously turning anew to this Braun Breaker, who is uh, Rick Steiner's kid. Yep. Right. Which and he's he's impressive. He's gonna be he's gonna be a champion very in the next. 20 months 
No, he's he's absolutely on one of the main rosters. Um, you know, by the summer or the fall of next year. Yeah, and it, it's going to happen soon. But it's and again, as it's kind of illuminating, is like now it's kind of the difference between WWE and AEW, where you know they say, "Oh, we don't have a performance center." We are the performance center. It's like that's bad. Like wh- <laughs> what it is is you're exposing yourself. So now yes. we have all this on video of you. I mean, there's a t- there's an entire Twitter thread called AEW botches, which shows everybody fucking up on your on your channel, and that's ingrained in my. I, I can't unsee that. It's it's like a red pill. Like I can't unsee that you fucked everything up here you know and so whenever you try to put something over I'll always have it in the back of my mind I know you got it down now but I did see you like maybe 12 months ago fuck a bunch of shit up and you look like an incompetent fuckhead you know so it's it is interesting to kind of see like oh I mean AEW's nice to have and all. Like I, I actually kind of root for AEW. Like I, I enjoyed. Like I want to see someone be competitive with WWE because I know that will make WWE more makes competitive. Products better. It makes all, all, yeah, it makes it all better. But it, at the end of the day, it also it's it makes the product of quote unquote wrestling just look like shit. Like look fucking goofy and dumb and i i I enjoy like uh like my osw you know people call like bollocks like just total shit like you're just like what the fuck am i watching like when you know like cody Rhodes, like right now can't get anyone to cheer for him right now and he can't figure out why like it's hilarious to watch like he literally can't stop putting himself through a table on a movie that he on a move that he delivers. Did you did you see that whole thing with him with the the fire table? Uh, I mean, I just saw what you know the five seconds posted on Twitter. Oh it my was God. him against Andrade, right? Yeah. And yeah. I watched and I watched the clip of it, and I only listened to like Corny talk about it, and. I sat there and I I record quote unquote record on YouTube TV, but I rec- I recorded and I watched the match and it's so funny. Like so before the match, he he like rubbed himself down with whatever you put on to not burn. Yeah, so you don't catch on fire. So you don't yeah. catch on fire. But the problem is, is if you put it on, you got to put it on like right before the match. <laughs> You can't put it on like, hey, I'm just, I just got here. All right, put it on. Oh, are we on in like in a half an hour? Okay, cool. It's not like sunscreen. No, you got to put it on right before because if not, it just looks like dried, like, like, you know, specimen on you on the back of okay. you. <laughs> Fair. And it's Fair. Just, and he just has dry crap on his back, and you're like, what the hell is that? And then you see the fire table come up, and you, and then. The fire sticks to his back, so it actually does the opposite of what he was trying to do. <laughs> the fire actually sticks to his back instead of actually helping him. It's it's carny shit. It's it's carny 
just goofy shit to throw a fire table. The whole thing is just like even like you watch an old ECW with you know Bubba Ray, you know, lighting a table on fire. It's like this is carny shit. Don't do that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And they just can't help themselves. I don't know. It feels like uh, at the very top level of that company, it's pretty solid, if not really good, and they're telling some good stories. But then once it gets into depth in the roster, it falls off dramatically very quickly. That's just my perception because I, I don't watch it. I would say the perception is like, okay, and we're going to wrap up here in a second. The perception right now is uh so now Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan is now in AEW and right now oh, he's, he's doing win. right now he's he, about to be the champ. He, right now he's doing his finest work. Because right. you know, he is in AEW for like the next 3 years. He's probably going to go back to WWE after this. Probably he, so. He's, he's been from the beginning part of his character has even mentioned that Hey, I'm the guy that's not mad at my former employer. Like, I want to be here, but I'm not mad at the other guys like everybody else I'm not even sure that Vince, you know, he comes up to, you know, uh, Brian Danielson goes up to Vince and goes, I think I'm just going to go wrestle over there. Is that okay? He's like, I have no idea who you are. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, he just goes, you know what, man? We're good. We're good for like a few years. Go over there, have your fun. I almost sense in this. You know, I like the even the bigger conspiracy theory that you know Vince is. You know, instead of using his NXT, he uses AEW as his own NXT. And let's. I've them- read. I, I've read one of those theories that the the conspiracy that Vince is basically already running all this like the whole thing AEW is under his control it's not true <laughs> it's at not all, true at all but, but it almost is like again he can release all these people you know name name your guy uh Wyndham whatever Bray Wyatt whatever you want to call yeah. him he can bring Bray Wyatt back with one phone call he go Hey, most of them. Come, some of those relationships might be pretty, pretty severed. But to, I think you never, never say yeah. never. Never say never. I'm telling you right whether now. It's, whether it's Braun Strowman, whether it's Daniel Bryan, yeah, you know, they might be looking down the road and be like, "Yeah, go ahead, go do this. Go, go have, go there." Here's here's what he did with Brian Danielson, though. Go have fun. You know yeah. what? You you've had a good run here. It's almost in a sense of like, go away. Because, like, uh, you know, I, I was trying to think of the, uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's exactly what it is. It's like just envisioning the moment in 2024 when, you know, whatever the occasion is and Daniel Bryan's music hits Oh. And the the pop that you get, and you get one last storyline with him, or you didn't know he was going to come back, or you know whatever. Like, yeah, it's never bad, and that's kind of what's kind of stunk about WWE for a little while. It's like, well, no one ever leaves; everybody just stays. And they right. had so many; they had almost they had over 
300 wrestlers on staff. Like, that's fucking insane. You well, know? We've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Whenever there was that, that huge, uh, well, I mean, there's been two or three, I guess, phases of it or iterations of you know, releasing all these fairly big names on the roster, kind of second-tier people. Yeah. But that was one of the things we talked about was that, okay, I mean, that's fine. But you're probably going to see one, two, three of the of these names pop up again. Yeah. Twelve months, eighteen months later, and they're just gonna and they'll be back. And then, you know what? It'll be a big deal that they're back. But if if they had just stayed, it's like okay, well, here's mid card guy who might be contending for the U.S. title. You know, whatever. But if he's been gone for a year, year and a half, and then all of a sudden he comes running in. Well, now we've got a now we got a storyline with yeah, him. Yeah, but what if your mid car guy now goes over to AEW or ROH? Well, not ROH, sorry, uh, to no. Impact or whatever, and becomes their top guy. Now you have a top guy who is one of your mid cards, and you can elevate and giving, them. And it's the whole giving the fans what they want. Yeah, because that's the thing that. You know, AEW and people that watch that, I think that's a big part of their message is that's what they're doing. And the WWE does what they want. And sometimes they just piss off the fans because they can. Um, but this but is WWE, part of the that, whole. That's always unfair, though. WWE has lately in the last few years has been doing what the fans have wanted. Yeah. You know, the, but, but I'm I, trying to think of the last time. What was the last thing? I mean, the last like Kofi Kingston did, is one of those things where that's what the fans oh, wanted, and now Big E being the fans wanted, they they've been yeah. doing that thing, but you can't, you know, can't do it forever. You can't do it forever, but you also can't keep on everybody. I think you sometimes, you know, it's like back in the day they used to be like, hey, you need to go away for like six months to maybe even a year, because yeah. whenever you know you um you know the big huge pop like the biggest pop in the history of wwe you know what that was Nin- i don't Nin- you're gonna tell me 1998 i don't remember the actual date but it was the it was the same same night that uh w- wcw did the finger poke of doom do you ever hear about that that I've was heard the, of it. that was the one where uh kevin nash did the finger poke to hulk hogan Okay. And then that was the same night that Mankind uh, won the title from The Rock. And okay. And that night, also, Stone Cold made a return after many years, uh, not many years, but many months off TV. Like, you have to go off TV or you have to go go away for a little bit so everyone can kind of build up a little bit. How great was yeah. it? How great was it when the Hardy Boys came back after years of being right. gone. So, well, even even in our, you know, the current storyline when Roman came back, I mean, he he'd only been gone for like 5 months, 6 months, but that that helped him, I think tremendously. Yeah. to go away and then come back. And obviously come back is, you know, more of the the heel character, but it's been when great. He came back People, no, people were excited to see it, and they were like, wait a second, this is different. Well, first off, he's huge. <laughs> he's got new teeth. He's got new teeth. And he's the bad guy. 
Okay, I didn't notice the teeth so, part. Yeah. But, all right, yeah. It's been well. He had his teeth redone. He did something with his teeth. You go, go look at Roman Reigns' teeth in like 2018, and then look at what he's throwing out now. He's, he's got had good, something done. He's got it. I'm telling you. I acknowledge Roman Reigns and all that he does <laughs> every day. Every day. In the Every morning. day, we all need to. We need to be doing so. I have until... to. Th- I have to tell you, he didn't smile a lot back in the day. I'm looking. Uh, I just looked up fair. Roman Reigns. <laughs> he just a lot of <laughs> Roman Reigns teeth. Yeah, uh, not a lot of Roman Reigns just smiling. Well, he's got about three and a half more months left in his reign. I just see. Oh, so there's Roman Reigns, and then there's a picture of. Of uh, David Schwimmer from the Friends episode where he got, <laughs> he got his, his teeth whitened. Teeth yeah, whitened. I don't know. He's got a there good fucking go. set of teeth. I don't know what to tell you. Fuck, ah. fuck a good smile on the kid. There you go. I don't know. All right, man. I think we've done enough for the night. I appreciate you. Yep. Good Not times. All, All right, right, man. Later. See you. Back up. Yep. Alright, that's your one pass. You disrespected me. Therefore, you disrespected my family. So I'm only going to say this once. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me as the main event of WrestleMania. Acknowledge me as the champion of choice. Everybody, I'm going to leave. I'm going to smash you. Stack you, I'm gonna pin you, and the referee's gonna count one, two, three, and then I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna take this Universal Championship, I'm gonna hold it over my head, you're gonna look up, and you're gonna see a man greater than you, you're see a man on a different level than you, like years ahead of you, then you're gonna hear a million dollars of pyro go off, and then you're gonna feel the whole world 